0: Hi everyone, just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show and thank you very much. This episode is supported by SCARA, revolutionizing competitive gaming, and also by LIMPO, monetizing sports and health data via the blockchain. Yo yo, welcome to Crypto change. 101. This is Matthew Aaron.
1: And this is Danny I'm solemn with decryptionary.com, the simplest crypto dictionary and beginner's guide.
0: Today we're going to be talking to Taylor Monahan, former CEO and founder of My Ethereum Wallet and current CEO and founder of mycrypto.com.
1: Yeah, that's some weird stuff. Basically, what happened is she kind of split up with her founder from myetherium wallet and cloned everything into mycrypto.com. It all works the same, right? We just checked our wallets.
0: Yeah, so we just went on to see if the wallets that we generated on myetherium wallet can be opened and work with mycrypto.com, and they do. We had this conversation with Taylor two days before. She forked and opened my crypto. And luckily for us, they are exactly the same. So this guide will work with both my Ethereum wallet and my crypto.
1: Yep. And if you're looking for the real deep dive into what exactly occurred on mycrypto.com, there's a link at the top right that says WTF is my crypto. And that'll send you to her blog post where Taylor explains everything.
0: Danny, what is what WTF? Is that is that a coin? Is that a token?
1: Oh, yeah. That's a new ERC-20 token. It's short for What the Fuck.
0: Oh, Danny. This is a family show.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, man.
0: But before we go into the conversation with Taylor, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. That's Crypto101Podcast.com, where you can join our social medias. Go to the bottom of Crypto101.com's page, and you can see our links for our Twitter our instagram our facebook our facebook page has over 3500 people on there ready to help you get into crypto go to our support page send us some cryptocurrency if you will or sign up to become a patron you can send us an email say hey what's up give us some criticism give us some support give us some encouraging words or anything you would like to just say hi or you can go to that big word on the top that says tax And there you can get one hundred and one dollars off of your crypto tax preparation from CryptoTaxPrep.com.
1: And while you're listening to this episode, if you find any word or phrase that you just don't get, feel free to check it out at Decryptionary.com. I will explain it to you in very simple terms there.
0: Boom. Enjoy the episode and we'll see you in a little bit. Hey, Danny, thank you for joining me on Crypto 101. Uh,
1: Thanks, Matt. It's really great to be back. And today
0: we have Taylor Monaghan, founder of MyEtherWallet. How are you doing, Taylor?
1: I'm doing
2: great. I'm really, really excited to be here.
0: Excellent. Taylor, if you could, could you just go through a little bit and just tell us a little bit about you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm Taylor. I started this company sort of out on accident. It's grown to be just like this amazing player in the space and mostly what I want to talk to you guys about today is how to operate securely in the crypto space, especially now that the price has gone up so much. What we're seeing is a lot of misinformation, miseducation. education I created this site and now it's a company and we have a team and a whole bunch of exciting stuff, but we still have not nailed down really getting the users truly, truly educated so that people can be safe. So. Hopefully we can help out a little bit with that today.
0: Right on, right on. When did you create this site? Because like we were just talking before we turned on the recording, this site, and as you just said, is probably the most important site in the space right now. How did that come about where you created this and what was the evolution and what did that feel like?
2: It's such a funny story. So, you know, in 2015, when Ethereum launched, there was no way to interact with blockchain well, the Ethereum blockchain without command line. So essentially, in the early days, you had to use like your little terminal window and you, you know, type in commands in order to like move all of your money. And obviously, that wasn't really going to work out. And so we put together this really simple interface and it was really, really singular goal. You could create this wallet and then like send your money and you could do it with buttons and it had warning messages and it would like check and make sure that you weren't like sending to like zero zero zero, like a dead address. Mm -hmm. And from there, it really just had this really natural evolution. People would comment on Reddit. People would ask for new features. We were always open source. So people would like be in GitHub, either... Like bringing to our attention little bugs or things that could be clearer. Our community members in 2016, they like translated the whole site into, I think we have like 17 or 18 different languages now. So it's really been like a community effort and it's also been really natural. So we would like build something, we'd get feedback on it, we would improve it, people would ask for new features and stuff like that. And it wasn't until 2017 that we became this like insanely popular. that's just sort of like the de facto way that you interact with Ethereum. And that was definitely unexpected. We just wanted to build a little wallet generator. So it's been a wild ride.
1: I wanted to ask, how big is your team? You said we. Who else is involved in that?
2: Okay, so we have a huge team now. We have about six on support. And then we have about six developers. And then we have five that do sort of like marketing and operations. And then we have a couple that just solely focus on security. So that's like our internal security policies, that's securing our infrastructure. And that's also, I'm not sure if you're aware, this is really awesome extension called Ether Address Lookup. And now there's the Ether Security Lookup that just launched, Mm -hmm. and that's built by this guy named Harry. And he is absolutely amazing, but he just builds these little Chrome extensions that help protect you and make sure that you're not ending up on malicious sites, you're not sending to malicious addresses, and now you're not falling for malicious Twitter accounts, which is like the new fad in the crypto scam space, if you, if you want to put it like that.
0: Right. Wow. Okay. You said everything was open source. You said that you had the community come in. And you know what? That's amazing because Crypto 101 also is community built. We have about 10 volunteers working for us. Just keep building this up. How did that interest come to my Ether wallet? And then how did that just move forward to be what it was today? Like you just said, like people come in and just started coding for you. How did that come about?
2: Yeah, I mean, some of it's natural, you know, some people, especially in this space, there's such a, like a large number of developers. So they, when, when developers use a product that they really like, but then they also have the ability to use some of their skills to give back, people like Mm. doing that developers specifically would rather contribute by like building something than just like you know throwing some money your way so that was sort of i think like how it got started and a lot of times it was little bug fixes right like there'd be some little bug that we didn't have time to get to or to fix Mm. and so someone else would be like you know what this is affecting my user experience and i'm just gonna fix it real quick for you and then we had So we had this Slack channel. We're not on Slack anymore, but we were. And so anyone could come and join and just like hang out. And a lot of times like there'd be like Ether Address Lookup literally got started in a similar way where it was like, I would really love this. Mm -hmm. And it was specifically, I would really love for Ethereum addresses to be clickable around the web. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm answering support tickets, it's a pain in the butt to copy and paste into EtherScan. Like it's just like that task switching. Up so much time. And Harry's like, all right, here you go.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> like
2: it's the easiest thing in the world. And I think that that sort of like this natural evolution, working together, sharing of ideas, that sort of stuff. It's yeah, it's it's freaking amazing. I love it.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. That's great. So Danny and I have this guy that we follow around in the crypto space. His name is Johnny. And Johnny's been a trader. He's been you know, paying his taxes last episode. He was suffering some snow for, on smart contracts in one episode. And now he has three Ethereum in his Coinbase wallet. And he's going to do a couple of things with Ethereum. And one of those is going to be buying ERC-20 tokens on an exchange. The other one's going to be going into an ICO and getting a deposit of their tokens. And then he's going to have one just kind of hanging out and send it to my Ethereum wallet. Could we go through the steps of setting up a my ethereum wallet and working with Johnny?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Excellent. How do you how do you want to do it? How do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> or is that my job?
0: No, 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 no. We, we 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 got this. We got this.
2: Okay, let's go. Let's go.
0: So <laughs> All right, so first things first. Johnny has his 3 Ethereum in Coinbase. He heard that he can set up a my Ethereum wallet to store his Ethereum and ERC20 tokens. That is correct, right?
2: Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent. So just right off the bat, I'm just going to explain a very slight difference. Well, not slight, but the, the very basic difference between a place like Coinbase and a place like my Ether wallet. Wow. And the whole difference revolves around custody. And it's not custody necessarily of your Ether or your tokens. It's custody of your private keys, mm-hmm. which then access these tokens. Mm-hmm. And on an exchange, on Coinbase, on a lot of other hosted wallets, They're the ones that hold your private key. And the reason that when you're on Coinbase, you never really hear this word like private key is because you don't have to deal with it. It's lovely. Like you just have your username and your password and they manage everything for you on like the technical private key side. Mm -hmm. My Ether wallet, on the other hand, puts you in control. And so you are now in control of your keys, which is good because that means you can do whatever you want nobody you don't have to wait for coinbase to process your withdrawal you don't have to worry about someone being like hey you're not supposed to use that money for say gambling or something you know it's it's 100% yours and you can do what you want the downside is that you are now responsible for this private key right. and this private key you kind of think of like a password it's really it is like the it's like the key to your house though mm-hmm. it's like the key to your safe it's like this is the thing that If you were to walk down the street and hand the key to your car to the key to your house, the key to your safe to someone, right? They could now unlock your safe, your house, your car and take it. And you couldn't do anything about it. Like you can call the police. You can go throw a tantrum. It doesn't matter. Like They still have all of your stuff. And the same exact concept applies here. So Coinbase holds your keys. It's great. It's great to get started. When you're ready to be in control though and you want to do all this fancy stuff with tokens when you come to my ether wallet this private key is the most important thing and we're going to make sure that you keep it safe.
1: Wow, that's a great explanation.
2: I'm getting better at it, I think. <laughs> it's only taken 3 years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so Johnny goes to my ether
2: my
0: ether wallet website and he looks at the front page and there's a couple of things he says he sees new wallet, send ether and tokens there. What is Johnny's first step? He's there with his Coinbase. He wants to get it out of there because he wants to control his private keys. Now, what does he do?
2: So the first thing you're going to do is just right off the bat, don't look at anything else. Just look at this create a new wallet page and it's Mm going to ask you to enter a password. And this password is a little bit different than a traditional password. Instead of having this password authenticate your stuff on a server somewhere like you do with Coinbase, Mm -hmm. this password is actually going to encrypt your private key.
3: Mm.
2: So, that you know, I said earlier, your private key, you can kind of think of it like a password. It's it is. But because it's so, so important, you can actually put a password on your password. So you put a password on your private key. Right. It makes it more secure. Uh, and that's what we're going to do first. So you're just going to type in a password. I recommend something that is something that you can remember, something strong and something that you don't use anywhere else. So it's not necessarily something, you know, you don't have to do like 36 totally randomly generated characters, but you want to make sure that this isn't the password that has been compromised before in any of the number of hacks. You don't want it to be like one, two, three, four, five, six, please. Like, don't do that. Pick a password that you can remember, make it strong, don't use it anywhere else, and you're just going to type it in and say create new wallet.
1: All right. And I have a question. That password if anyone else gets a hold of it, will they have access to your private keys?
2: No. So, with this password, and you'll see when you click create new wallet, the password just encrypts the key store file. And this key store file is your private key that's then protected by a password. I see. So, if you have like a fancy safe or a fancy car, like you can have the key, right? But then maybe you have to also do like your fingerprint or also do like enter like a four digit code or something like that. It's a little bit like that. So instead of just having this singular piece of information known as your private key, you'll have to have the key store file and your password. And that's one of the reasons that we tell people like choose something that's easy to remember, you know, make it strong, but make it easy to remember because you don't want to have a situation where you're saving the password and the private key together. Because if your computer's compromised or something, both of these pieces will be compromised, and then your password isn't going to save you at all.
1: Wow, I got it. Okay, so um,
2: yeah, that's passwords, <laughs> and then you're going to click create wallet.
0: Right on. So there's a couple different ways that to access your My Ethereum wallet, and we're confused on the different ways. I think Johnny's just in there like, okay, so there's there's MetaMask and Ledger and Trezor and Digital Bitbox, and he's can't, now, he's, now his yeah. head's about to explode. <laughs> Can you just briefly walk through Johnny and tell him about these different methods?
2: Right. So, you know, in the similar areas, just speaking about private keys and key store files and how the key store file is an encrypted private key. There's also these other mechanisms. And essentially, all these ways are different ways to access your wallet, access your funds. And they're all trying to be easier or more secure or all of the above right? So they're all kind of like competing specifications. And so MetaMask is a Chrome extension that's built by the MetaMask team. They're part of ConsenSys. Their team is absolutely exceptional. And MetaMask is really, really great if you plan on interacting with a lot of dApps because they basically move, instead of having to like unlock your wallet every time with your private key, it just stays in this browser extension. So you can kind of separate these two different interfaces. Mm-hmm. You have your wallet with your key that you can trust. You can go to these dApps and interact with these these decentralized applications and they can be separate. So you don't necessarily have to trust every website on the internet with your private key because that would be detrimental. <laughs> so MetaMask is really great. It's definitely something that we're recommending more and more these days hmm. just because the phishing sites, people are really vulnerable to phishing. I don't know what it is, but... It might be like, I've said this before, it might be the younger generation has never like been affected or seen like a real Nigerian prince email scam, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like my mother knows not to click a link in her email that goes to her bank, but the Ethereum crowd, I don't know. It's just, it's really hard. Like we're drilling it into people's heads. MetaMask helps with that as well, just because you just only have to download MetaMask once so you only have to make sure that you download the right app once, where if you're using your private key or your key store file every time, you've got to check every single time that you're on the right MyEtherWallet.com.
1: There were still a few other login methods for Johnny to take, such as Ledger and Trezor and so on. Would you mind just really rapidly shooting through the different ways to log in? And I yeah. guess, could you, could you also just mention, these are not necessarily your technologies, right? These different ways to log in. These are created by the community.
2: Right. These are other ways. So Ledger, Trezor, and Digital Bitbox are all really, we can go over those quickly. These are hardware wallets. So these are devices that you plug into your USB port in your computer and your private key actually stays within this hardware device. And they're very specially manufactured. They're really, really secure. They're really, really easy. For brand new people, typically they don't, get a hardware wallet because they either think the price is too expensive, which it's not if you're holding crypto, but that's a conversation for another day. And also, it takes a little bit to set up. So if Johnny's looking to set up a wallet right now, a hardware wallet's probably going to be something that maybe he should consider ordering right now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he can still move his funds off Coinbase. He can still play with his ERC-20 tokens. And then when his hardware wallet comes, he can move his funds to this new safer device. And then the last three on the list, keystore file, mnemonic phrase, and private key. These are just different formats of your private key. So the keystore file is what we're going to create on my Ether wallet. This is an encrypted file. It's a, it's technically a JSON file, but that doesn't really matter. It's just like this. It's a file. A mnemonic phrase is a string of text. It's just a different way of having your private key is comprised of like words like human-readable words, so there's usually twelve of them, and it'll be something like wife, apple, bubble, uh, right. like just random <laughs> words.
1: And just the word mnemonic is supposed to mean something that helps you remember something, right? It's
2: supposedly yes. I have never in my life been able to memorize twelve random words, but <laughs> Me there <either>. are people.
0: <laughs> weird, totally weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are people out there that do claim to have memorized their twelve words, or I guess some people, what they'll do is that they'll store, say on their like an external flash drive or something, they'll store 10 of the words and just remember the last two or something. I'm far too paranoid for that personally. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, I'd rather, my personal preference these days is actually a hardware wallet. So I use both Trezor and Ledger and Digital Bitbox. Mm. I'm a big fan of Ledger, but it's probably because I have the I use it the most often, so don't, don't, don't take that uh, so digital you know, bitbox seriously.
0: is digital bitbox is another hardware wallet then. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
2: It's another hardware wallet. It comes in at a bit of a, a lower price point, and it's a bit of a newer company, but the real benefit to Digital Bitbox is that a lot of times Ledger and Trezors are sold out these days and may have three month wait times. Mm-hmm. Typically Digital Bitbox is a little bit faster than three months, you know, and their team is awesome. They actually added this implementation themselves. So they like came in and they like wrote the code so that we could interact with their product on our website. Then I went and bought a Digital Bitbox so I could test it and I was like, this is awesome wow like wow. i'm surprised i haven't heard about you guys yet
1: hey maybe you could connect us up with them and we can interview them on their uh, security aspects as well
2: yeah absolutely i mean hardware wallets are fascinating like endlessly fascinating the amount of work that goes into like the even like the chips that they use it's a totally different world than software
0: hmm. super interesting wow. And now a word from our supporter. This is Matthew Uren and I want to tell you about Scara. Scara revolutionizes competitive gaming by creating a new system of compensation between players, games and event coordinators. Scara allows gamers to purchase and secure tradable assets in the secondary market without the risk of exiting in black markets. Scara allows community members to bet online in real time on big esports tournaments. With over 350,000 existing players and 3 million downloads expected by the end of 2018, Skara will generate tens of thousands of transactions daily. If you're interested in Skara, please check out their website at skara.token.com that's s k a r a token.com. And now, back to our show. I Taylor, why are some of these recommended and not? So I'm Johnny's on the site and he's not you. Know, you. Yeah, Johnny's on the site. <laughs> Definitely not me. And he's using his JSON file, right? And he's and he's uploading mm-hmm. it plus his password. And th- there's a big mm-hmm. warning that says this is not a recommended way to access your Ethereum wallet.
2: Right. The reason that we're doing this is to make people stop, right? To make people take a freaking breath and and look around them we have tried other language it did not make people stop it's still not making people stop as much as i wish but essentially the problem that we're facing right now is that because we're open source because we're in the browser and because the price of both ether and bitcoin and these tokens has gone through the roof the people that are creating like phishing websites or trying to steal your cryptocurrency they are so dedicated to the art of fishing. Like they are really, really, really trying to steal your money. And we are begging people, and this is the purpose of this message, to stop and look around before they just dump these really valuable pieces of information on any website, including our own. Right. You know, we're also working on, as fast as we possibly can, developing mobile apps, developing desktop apps. You know, we really, really, really are looking for alternate ways to get out of the browser. But for now, this message is saying, yo, stop, look around. Are you on the right website? Right. Do you trust us with your private key? Because <laughs> if this is a malicious website, it will steal your money. Right. So we tell people, look at the URL, look at the MyEtherWall LLC in the URL bar, you know, look around. And then obviously as people get more advanced or they're storing more and more money, we're hoping that these messages will guide them to sort of explore alternate options, whether that's a hardware wallet, which is infinitely more secure, or doing things like running it offline or running it locally. But, you know, as always, we have this competing, you know, how do we not overwhelm the user with so much information right Right. up front? So, you know, there's different levels. We're hoping that this will, one, make people stop and two, you know, maybe look into some alternate, more secure ways of storing their funds, especially if they have a buttload of them. (laughs)
0: I think that we're going to move into the ICO with Johnny in a minute, but I have a question about this. Do you ever have a conversation with the team, your staff, to try to balance the user experience with security?
2: Oh, yeah. We – this is like – it's an endless internal debate with myself. We talk about it all the time internally and externally. We talk about it all the time. It's probably one of our biggest goals for 2018 actually is really thinking hard about the user experience and especially someone like Johnny. You know, I mentioned that we kind of created this product on accident, right? Or right. it gained popularity very naturally and we did not intend it to be this big. And we were really caught off guards by the hundreds of thousands of Johnnies entering the space. And definitely most of the site at this point is designed for a more sort of concise user demographic that more reflects me personally right rather than you know we're talking about people in other countries people right. where english isn't their first language people who have no experience with cryptocurrency those sorts of things so we we actually have like a really big UX push specifically around how do we educate users on what the heck is going on and how do they stay secure and so hopefully in the next couple quarters you'll start seeing some big updates to the site literally to make things easier for you.
1: Awesome. Great. And by UX, you mean user experience for anyone who doesn't know what that is.
2: Yes, exactly. So not necessarily, I will not promise that the website will be infinitely prettier, but it'll be easier to understand. It's going to have like more icons. You're going to see, you know, certain icons and stuff be repeated so that you can kind of like, you know, just tie in really simple concepts like private key versus public key, and sending funds and ICOs and ERC-20 tokens and all these really crazy words that we just kind of hit you with right now. We're going to try to explain them. Did you ever think of a awesome. scroll
0: over, like a mouse scroll over for definitions of words on your site so people can like get a definition?
2: <laughs> yeah. So we have like there's a couple that are, that are still on the site. The problem was we had way too many of them. So you could barely use this site.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay. So, I, didn't, I never noticed. that. I'm sorry if it's there.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, it was like, oh, God, probably like six months ago. You got to the point where basically you just like move your mouse around and things would just like pop up. Um, <laughs> it was like a bit absurd. And the, and the thing was is that you have to find the balance, right? You have to find the balance between educating users and giving them really pertinent information when they need it and not just like dumping so much information in their brain at once that they are like scared and run away. Because that's not going to help anyone either.
1: Right. Okay, cool. So, next, Johnny wants to buy some coins in an ICO. He's got his other Ethereum sitting at Coinbase. He read somewhere that he needs to transfer it to my Ether wallet first, but he's not sure. Can he buy this new ERC20 in an ICO from Coinbase? No. Okay.
2: Well, he can try, meaning that he can try to invest in an ICO from Coinbase, meaning the ICO is going to ask him to send Ether to a very specific address. And Coinbase will probably let him do that, but he will not receive his tokens. And that's sort of the whole point of getting it on an ICO, right? Is like actually getting the tokens at the end of the day. And remember how I was talking about earlier, how with Coinbase, they manage your keys for you. Well, the downside is that every single new token that comes on the market, every single new coin that comes on the market, Coinbase has to build the backend infrastructure to support it. That's not happening right now. Like Coinbase doesn't support any tokens. So if you invest in an ICO via Coinbase, your tokens will go to Coinbase, but they will not be accessible. So the best thing to do is Johnny should move the Ether that he wants to invest in this ICO to a my Ether wallet. And then from my Ether wallet, send the Ether to the address that the ICO specifies. And this way, when the ICO distributes his tokens, they'll be in his MyEther wallet rather than in his Coinbase account.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense to Johnny. (laughs)
2: Does it? Does it really? Yes, yes. Okay. I,
1: I think from my own personal experience, when buying in a ICO, I noticed that sometimes you have to click load tokens and enter the coin address. Could you just rapidly touch on that
2: yeah. So in order to make the user experience better, we have what's called like the default token list. And the default token list is just if you if you create a token, right? If you hold an ICO, you can go ahead and you can add yourself to this list and we'll do some checks and make sure you're legitimate. But when a brand new token is released, it doesn't go on the site immediately because we do have to do these checks. So brand new ICOs, a lot of times the token takes a couple of days to show up we give you the ability to add the custom token or you can simply wait a couple days and you can always use Etherscan or another blockchain explorer like uh, Ethplorer, to view your token balance in the meantime, if you don't want to go through the hassle of actually adding the custom token to the interface.
1: Oh, that makes so much sense. Matt, you and I were talking about this. How do we know what's a legit contract address?
0: That That is on the question This right here.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Taylor, your team actually reviews them.
2: Yeah, so we have like a manual curation process. And to be clear, we're not reviewing for like, whether or not this ICO is a good investment or not. We are reviewing to ensure that this token works and this token is legitimate and they have a website and they have a support email address. And there's some semblance of reality behind this token. And so, and then we check obviously to make sure the address actually works, the decimals are correct, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the checks that we do manually for every token that gets added as a
1: default. I got it. And there was one thing that we Matt and I were discussing earlier too is when they're sending Ethereum to an ICO, they have to select gas in the form of GUE and gas price. Can you explain mm-hmm. that? Because I get lost every time. Yeah. So, so does John. Gas-
2: <laughs> I feel like you guys might secretly be Johnny over here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I am really Johnny. We
0: relate to Johnny really well. Let's just say that.
2: (laughs) I can tell this is good, though. (laughs) So the concept of gas in Ethereum is quite complex. And hopefully in the coming months, we'll be able to sort of reduce some of the actual stuff that the user needs to do. For now, all you need to know is that in order to send anything on the Ethereum network, you have to incentivize the miners to mine the block, which is then the transaction. And this is how, just like with Bitcoin, this is how the network continues to operate, is you have these people that are taking your transactions and putting them in in this big global decentralized database. And, you know, in order for them to do so, uh, you're going to pay them to do it. And that's where gas comes in. Uh, there's two gases, which makes the whole thing even more confusing. Yes. But there's the gas price and there's the gas limit. The first number, the gas price, is how fast do you want this transaction to be mined? Mm-hmm. So, okay, imagine it's like the zombie apocalypse, right? And there's a dude on the side of the road and he's <laughs> selling gas and no <laughs> one has any gas. Okay, if you give that dude more money, you are gonna get that gas, I meaning you're gonna get that before anyone else, and you're more likely to be on your way, right? Everyone else is gonna be walking, they're gonna be running on fumes, but hey, you paid for that gas, you paid top dollar for it, but you're you're zooming down the highway. The exact same concept here applies here with gas. When the miners are choosing which transactions to mine first, the higher the gas price, the more quickly it will be mined.
1: It's sort of like an auction then. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah, the gas limit is actually a way to protect the blockchain itself from just being like overfilled with like spam or really complex contracts or a buttload of information. Because as we said, these miners are the ones that are like creating this global database and storing it on their computers. So the gas limit decides, hey, the contract that I'm interacting with or the transaction that I'm doing is either really complex or really simple. And if you have a really complex contract, it takes more gas in order to like store it on the computer. And so you pay more in the gas limit. So therefore, you're actually like less likely to interact with this contract over and over again. And it ensures that basically everyone is doing something that they really, really want to do. Mm. So a lot of times the ICO will recommend a gas limit and a gas price for you to use. In normal situations, you can usually just leave them alone normal situations. Yeah. But ICOs a lot of times will be like, okay, just make sure, you know, that you use a, a higher gas price because you want to beat all the other transactions. Sorry I didn't mention this before, but if you don't use a high enough gas limit, your transaction will fail due to out of gas. That's literally the air message. Wow. And so that's why the ICOs especially have learned to like really tell you like, hey, use a gas limit of this because if it's too low, uh they have angry people shouting at them that their transaction failed. Right.
1: Gotcha. Okay. There is something there that I noticed for the first time last night. It's called Eth Gas Station. Mm -hmm. And apparently that can help you kind of understand if you want to go more, is that a more advanced thing, not really crypto 101?
2: So it really depends. The reason that we added that message there a little bit haphazardly, as you can see, was because the network for the last few months has been in a state of like being really, really overcrowded and then being less crowded and then being really overcrowded. Normally, like right now, for example, it doesn't...
4: Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the UFi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer, as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition, and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery, and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks' notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings, they're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the UFI Video Lock is 24 seven. So you don't have to worry about any issues you have and it comes with an 18 month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all in one with the three in one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the UFI Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, Go on Amazon and search Ufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit ufyofficial.com/video_lock. video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Ufy Video Lock, get complete control over your front door. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their
2: customers and clients.
4: Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.
2: It doesn't really matter what price you send your transaction at. It's going to get mined in the next few minutes, which is good enough for most people. Back when CryptoKitties was like taking over the world, sometimes like a lower price transaction would take maybe an hour, maybe two hours, maybe six hours to be mined. So the reason we added that link there is that ETH gas station will actually tell you, hey, right now. The network is really, really crowded. You should use this gas price. And hopefully, one day, when I get some free time, we'll actually have that (laughs) automatically happen on my Ether wallet, and then you don't even have to click it. Wouldn't that be nice?
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. (laughs) I
0: love how you said that, when I get some free time. (laughs) I just just, (laughs) just imagine what you're doing every day. You just wake up to a shit ton of emails, problems, (laughs) suggestions, things like that, and then your calendar beeps up and goes, Oh, I should be on Crypto 101 in a half hour.
2: Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. And then my dad decides to call. And I'm like, oh, my dad, I forgot about him. Like, I should really speak with him. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, that's the thing is that when, when one of the hardest things about, like, building a product for people, especially when you have as many people and, and the diversity of people that we have, is making these decisions. Like, you know, some of the decisions right now are, you know, we want to build up our back-end infrastructure to have, like, a really, really, really secure deploy process. Okay, that's not something that any user cares about, but it inherently increases the security of our internal team and therefore the rest of the world and everyone using the site. But everyone else just wants to, like, you know, have gas price happen automatically. Right. So we, we are constantly, um, you know, playing with priorities. And there's always, you know, the past couple of months have just been putting out the biggest fire, right? And it's a really terrible way to live. But hopefully, now that the team is growing, Now that we're getting things a little bit more in control, hopefully we'll start seeing some major actual improvements, right, that the users can see and enjoy and will make their lives better.
1: Fantastic. I I had one last question on um, doing transactions, I think, uh, Matthew, unless you had others. But I wanted to ask about the little alien icons. What are those? When I'm entering an address, I see a little alien face next to the address.
2: I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, Which is even more funny because I call them that too. Like a lot of times they look like little faces. So these are, they're technically known as blockies. They are an easy way to, to identify your address. So as you can see, your address is like a whole bunch of random numbers and letters. Let's say... I sent you an address and I was like typing it in myself, right? If I mistype that very last character and I say it's a, I don't know, like an eight, but it's actually a B, the chances of you noticing that offhand are slim to none. But with this icon, the color and like the little layout of the face will actually change drastically depending on just that single character. So it's a really cool way to recognize like, okay, this is my address. And the more you use the site and the more you're sending between familiar addresses, the more you get used to it. So like, for example, our donation address has existed for three years now. I just know inherently like it's green and it's orange and it looks like this. If I, for some reason, copy and paste the address the wrong way, it just, I just know. I'm like, oh, that doesn't look right. Hmm. And so for users, just be on the lookout. You'll just naturally though, you'll start to notice um and I really wish like ICOs would promote this more because it would be a great way for ICOs to be like, hey, make sure that right before you said make sure that icon's purple. You know, or make sure right. it's blue and Just because we do have people that are hand-typing these really long strings of characters, or you never know, like you you miss copy and paste, right. and then you type in the last character or something happens. And sending you the wrong address, you know, you're basically sending your money, part in the pun, but like into the ether. <laughs> <laughs> Genius! I'm <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so funny.
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>
2: oh,
0: my, my my alien is purple, by the way. What about you guys?
1: Yeah, me too. Oh, we all have purple aliens.
2: <laughs> <Mine's>, <laughs> I have one that I actually spent a lot of time generating new addresses to find one. Uh, and it's like bright blue and bright red and it's like really high contrast and it's really cool. Well, that, and that, then the my that, wallet donation was, is, is like bright orange and bright green.
0: I would assume that you had your own custom, your custom alien. I mean, it's
2: not so to speak custom as much as it's like a lot of, a lot of times of pressing that button again and again until <laughs> I <it> was happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Taylor, we have a couple, a couple questions and we're going to do like, say a, a lightning round for Johnny, because there's like, there's a couple of things on your site that we don't quite understand. And maybe we could just get a brief explanation on those. So, Let's do it. so Johnny yeah. wants to know what is offline?
2: Okay, so offline is when you're not on myetherwallet.com, you're running on your local computer. And ideally, this is an air-gapped computer, which is a computer that's never been connected to the internet and never will be connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. And the benefit of running offline is that even if you have malware or a keyboard logger or a clipboard logger or you visit a phishing site, it doesn't matter because you're not connected to the internet. So you can't actually send, like your offline computer can't send your private information out.
0: How does that work? (laughs) (laughs) I think I think that was too fast for Johnny. Johnny's head is spinning.
2: Lightning round. Yes. Okay.
0: I I think we have to. Okay, the speeding bullet round.
2: It's really interesting the way that cryptography works. Makes it so that there's no central server with your keys. There's no authentication like you have with Google or Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. Which means that you can run our website. Uh, on an offline computer, basically, like in your browser, instead of going to My Ether Wallet, you'll just like double click this file and you, it'll just be My Ether Wallet. It just won't be MyEtherWallet.com. Right. The way that the offline actually works is that you basically have one air gapped device and that's where your private key lives. And that's where you can sign the transactions and do everything Oop, to actually broadcast.
1: Air gapped yeah. means in this case what?
2: <laughs> so, an air gapped computer is one that's literally. There's a gap of air between you and the internet, which is way more confusing now that there's Wi Fi everywhere. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a term that comes from, you know, like older school computers where you had that Ethernet cable. An air gapped computer was one that you would never plug that Ethernet cable in. So in today's terms, it's basically like when you first set up that computer, you just never ever connect to Wi Fi. You just turn the internet off and you never connect. And you do everything via a USB drive or like a QR code or something like that. The way that broadcasting to the greater world actually works is that you still send the transaction via the internet, but that would happen via a separate device that could be like your phone or your online computer. Mm -hmm. But your phone and your online computer never have your private key or like any sensitive information. They only have that very final bit of information that's public anyway, because that's what you're broadcasting to the world to send your transaction.
0: Got it. You know what Johnny thinks is a really cool service is the ENS. But what is that?
2: So the ENS is super exciting. We have we're like we're totally working on building some additional features for it right now. The ENS is like the DNS, and the DNS is what makes it what makes it you able to go to myethwallet.com and our website to like show up. So in the same and way,
1: DNS is like domain name service. It's like mm-hmm. a domain, a URL.
2: Yeah, URL, exactly. Okay. So instead okay. of going to like this random IP address, which is like you know, 192.67.29, whatever, right. you just type in my Ether wallet and it's easy to remember, it's easy to recognize, et cetera. The same exact thing applies to Ethereum addresses. So remember how we were just talking about these little icons? Well, hey, wouldn't it be better if we just had human readable names? That's what the ENS does. So you That's can awesome. basically set up a human readable name that goes to your address. So instead of typing in, which you shouldn't do, but you know, instead of copying and pasting this big long address, you would just type in your name, .eth, and it would go
1: there. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I set one up for a decryptionary. That's my website, decryptionary, and I got a decryptionary.eth. I thought I'd be able to put a website there, but it's just for sending Ethereum.
2: You can put a website there. It's <laughs> I can send you the link after. It's a little bit more involved, but it's not impossible. I think Swarm already has it set up. And then there's this really awesome guy, his name's Brian. He's actually building um, a Chrome extension right now, that'll actually make it so that when you're in your browser, you type in like swarm.eth or whatever it is, and it'll go to that URL automatically via this Chrome extension. So the same thing, like you could have people go to your, like type it into the URL bar and it would resolve to your website. So that that's awesome.
1: awesome. <laughs> Pretty
2: cool. I will send you the link. To both his Chrome extension and then also how to like set up the resolver for the it's like now you have to you have to involve both DNS and ENS. It's a little bit more involved. Definitely not one on one, but definitely not impossible and a super awesome thing to do.
0: Red, real red. Did I just say red? That's not a word I use. <laughs> I'm from California, man. Annie, please stop this. <laughs> stop indoctrinating me with your words. <laughs> Johnny also noticed that you have something called swap. And it seems like you're going from Ethereum to Bitcoin or other coins there. Is that kind of like a
2: shapeshift? Yeah. So we use Biddy. Biddy. Because ideally, we would be able to do like Euro and Swiss franc as well. Hold on. There's a plane. Let me step inside. Sorry.
0: Oh, you're outside. Yeah. Where, where are you, where are you located?
2: We're in California. <laughs> Dope. Yeah. So rad. It's really <laughs> I'm nice sorry. Rad. Tra- oh, really? <laughs> You just use dope and rad. I don't... You can't blame anyone but yourself for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's you really did. nice outside, but, you know, like, planes fly over and then I ruin podcasts and stuff, so when we'll in, go back inside real quick.
0: When in Rome, you got to speak the lingo. Make sure everybody uh, knows what talking about. But, yeah, so, so Biddy. Biddy is, like, a shapeshift, then.
2: Biddy is a shapeshift, and they also do support for Euro and Swiss franc. So... Ideally, at some point, you would be able to go from ETH to Euro and Euro to ETH. Right now, it's just ETH and Bitcoin, it's very similar to ShakeShift. You can just do it directly on the site, super speedy. It's going to be awesome.
0: Right on. Cool. And now a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Matthew Aaron, and I would like to tell you about LIMPO. LIMPO, monetizing sports and health data via the blockchain. LIMPO is a healthy lifestyle ecosystem that will reward its users for being healthy and connect various stakeholders in the industry. LIMPO builds a digital fitness wallet, which aims to integrate the most popular sports tracking apps and wearables and reward them in LYM tokens for achieving healthy lifestyle goals. Limpo users will be able to aggregate and store their data and later monetize it through direct contact with data-driven companies interested in purchasing this data. Limpo will partner with sports events and brands. It has partnerships with platforms using more than 3500 personal trainers, a healthy food wholesale marketplace, and a marathon with over 15,000 participants later this year if you're interested in their token sale please go to limpo l y m p o .io that's l y m p o .io now back to the show So if you don't mind, could we ask you some general questions before we get off?
2: Yeah, let's do that.
0: Excellent. Perfect. Danny, what do you got?
2: (laughs) Yes.
1: So, Taylor, I asked my wife because she's been educating me on feminist topics. I confess to be very ignorant. And she told me some good questions to ask you. For example, what inspired you to break into the crypto space?
2: My story is far less interesting because it doesn't like my gender Never, like, I was never like, oh my God, I'm a woman, I'm gonna break into this space. You know, as I said, everything kind of happened naturally, and I was already the company that I was working at previously. I was already like sitting with all the engineers. I've often worked in like male dominated environments, so it was quite natural for me, you know, just with the people around me to build a product. I would say that, so I wouldn't say that getting into the space was hard, like, it was so small. I was really lucky. There's so many great people in the space and they really don't care about your gender, where you're from, anything like that. Now that we've grown, my gender has like come become a little bit of not like an issue, but it's just like more on the forefront. And um, why? Yeah, I think it's because like the broader public. So one thing is that when people are angry. They'll like latch on to anything that they mm. see as like a weakness. Mm. Um, a lot of times like trolls on the internet, angry people in the support box, they'll like latch on to this, my gender as like a weakness. Inherently, not even what they're saying, but just that the fact that they like will latch on to that. I'm just like, screw you. Like, right, you know, like that's you're you're a horrible person. Uh, you can swear on this, lot...
0: by the way. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay, good. <laughs>
0: we're definitely a profane family friendly podcast
2: okay but also like i have a lot of flaws and like (laughs) you mean you're a human yeah exactly so it's it's just funny to me because you could there's a lot of things that you could probably attack me for my gender is not one that i chose so why don't we just (laughs) leave that one out of it (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's really well put (laughs) that's great great.
2: yeah but you know all in all like so when you have like a male dominated space i think the biggest problem with that is not necessarily this like whether it's perceived or or real you know women are discriminated against or women are put down or it's harder to break in the reality is, is that in male dominated spaces like hiring practices and You know, the clicks that form and the communities that form just naturally a lot of times will revolve around similar people, like similar thought processes.
0: Have you seen that with other groups as well, though, in in the space? Not only women, minorities, black, Arabic, and see that these clicky (laughs) groups?
2: It's not like, I wouldn't necessarily call it clicky, but it's more, and I don't think that there's a lot of like just really outward hatred or just negative energy, but I think it's just that if you're unaware of, um, like there's this phenomenon when people are hiring, right, that just naturally they're going to gravitate towards a candidate that's more like themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, when you have, when, when everyone hiring is a white male, they're more likely to gravitate and find someone for their you know the next version of their team member or whatever that's a white male right and that's like that's just something that in order to break out of that you have to be aware of it and you have to be like really hyper aware of it and you have to be like okay, is this the best person for the team or is this the person that I get along with most? Is this the person I communicate with best? Right. And that's why, you know, a lot of times I say it's less about including specifically like more women in the space, but just more diversity in general, more life experiences, more technical expertise, more everything. Like this is an international phenomenon, yet the world that like I personally live in is really dominated by Western mostly men but women as well but they're all really really western and they're all really 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 tech savvy and when we're talking about crypto and bringing it into like the real world and the broader world and solving real global issues you know the west is just the west right, right. you've got to get the whole world you've got to get people that speak all the languages and you have to engage with people of all backgrounds of all classes of all you know, whether they went to private school, whether they dropped out of Stanford or, you know, whether they kind of, you know, didn't have that opportunity at education and found their own way, you know, and now are interested in that. And I think that a lot of like, luckily, a lot of sort of like the resume practices that you see in the traditional world have kind of gone by the wayside. And hopefully that will continue as these companies scale up to make sure that we do have a more well-rounded ecosystem.
1: Nice. That was like a great answer. Totally. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So that actually brings me to this next question is if you had to make a mission of philanthropy in the industry or in the, in the space, what would your mission be then from this point on, you said all kinds of things, be more conscious uh, and being, you know, or hyper-conscious, I think you said of okay. your hiring practices and who you're interviewing are they best fit for your business. What, what right. would, if you were going to say from this point on, I'm going to make a more conscious effort to do this in the space, what would you do?
2: I've been actually thinking about this a lot lately, especially, you know, with the price increase. And, you know, my husband and I were in the space really early. It's like, you know, there's only so many Lambos you can buy, guys. You know, you I'm have still working to, on the like,
0: first one, for, the way, so.
2: <laughs> We don't have any either. It's okay. Right. But we can pretend. <laughs> Maybe next year. But, I mean, my point is this, right? It's like you don't need, like at a certain point, you make enough money where you can pay your rent, which I can pay my rent. Uh, I can pay my electric bill. You know, I don't have to worry about that. And the question is, okay, what do you want to do with the rest of the money? And I don't know, right? I don't right. know what I want to do with that. I don't I know I don't want to buy a Lambo. Mm-hmm. Um and so we've been talking a lot about how can we use this money to give back? Right. right and and increase everything in the space and one of the things i would really love to do is give people that want to build a product but don't quite know how like the ability to do so yeah. um and we were so fortunate like i was so fortunate so early in the space that our product just sort of like happened and i was also fortunate that i was freelancing at the time so having like supporting this little side project was no big deal a lot of people don't have that opportunity So I love to start working with people that have an idea or, you know, like have like a some semblance of a product, but just like need to take that extra step and need maybe whether it's money or whether it's just like advice and help them figure out like how to make this viable and and give like that would then give back to the world. Right. And I would especially love to encourage more women in this space just because I really do think that. It would, overall, you know, we would see a different assortment of products and a different different lines of thinking. So what advice
0: would you give to them, the women?
2: That's a good question. I think that a lot of times it's easy to sort of step into this space or any like space in like the stem, the larger stem area, right? And just see all of these men and be like, where do I fit in? Like, how do I connect with these people? And so the advice that I would have is like, especially online you have this opportunity to be whoever you want and i have always selected very gender neutral usernames and it's not because i want to hide my gender like i'm proud to be a woman but because i had this thought that my gender was coming into play and sometimes it comes into play like sometimes it does but sometimes it doesn't right like sometimes it's just me not like lacking confidence So I would recommend women, you know, step above that lack of confidence that you have. Go out, talk to people, Mm. build people. If you are scared that your gender is coming into play and you want, you know, I hear a lot. I want people to I want to make sure that people are listening to my ideas and they're not dismissing them because I'm a woman or they're not like kind of glorifying them because I'm a woman either. I would say, you know, if if that's something that's on your mind, just remove it from the picture and then you can be sure. But I really do think that the biggest issue that women have, not the biggest, sorry, that's like a huge (laughs) oversight. I would say one of the things that that I'm seeing more and more, and especially that I talk to more women in the space, um, is really like this confidence of like, where do I get started? And I'm not an expert. And, you know, I don't know where to go from here. And guess what? Like, we all feel that way, but not just women, right? Like, I feel that every day. My husband feels that every day. Right. Every team member feels that every day. When you're in a new space like this, nobody's an expert. Right. So, you know, hold your head high and pretend. And at some point, you'll make it. Fake <laughs> um, it and till you make it. Great. Right, exactly. And, and you know, it's really, like, honestly, it is so common. Like, I cannot emphasize this enough. Nobody's an expert in this, you know. We're all really, really new. I've been in the space for like what? I've been building this product for two and a half years. Okay, like I didn't go to college for cryptocurrency.
1: Mm. That's like ten years in the crypto space, though. Yeah, sure. It
2: it is. It is. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that if that's what's holding you back, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story. I know we're going long, but I'll tell you a little story. So one of the earliest hires uh, that I did when we're in the middle of like just absolute chaos and we didn't really have a team and it was just so chaotic, was I actually hired my manager from my previous job because I was like, I don't know how to manage people. Mm. But I knew that I liked being managed by him and he was good. So I hired him. He had no experience in crypto, like none whatsoever. He did, I told him, look, I would love for you to be part of the team. I would love your experience and your expertise. I would love that, I know that you would just like be so helpful. And I was like, so take a couple weeks and here's our knowledge base. Like, here's the MyEtherWallet knowledge base, read everything. And two weeks later, he showed up and he's like, I still have no idea what the heck I'm doing here. And like, (laughs) are you sure that you wanna hire me? And guess what? Four weeks later, he was like the leader of our support team. He had like five people under him that were asking him questions. Okay, that's seven weeks total of knowing nothing about crypto to knowing everything right you know if you dive into this space you can be an expert in eight weeks you can be an expert in two years you can be running a company in two and a half years accidentally if you really put your <laughs> mind
0: to it i just i just nice. did the calculation crypto 101 is 57 years old in crypto years
2: <laughs> wait what's that what's the algorithm or the the calculation
0: and I, I went to <laughs> mycryptoage.com i just set up the site nice. by the way <laughs> <laughs> so last question, just going off of what you just said, Crypto 101 is a place where a lot of people come because this is the first step, you know, to get into the crypto space. Because that's kind of like where we're where you know, how to set up a Coinbase wallet, how to use your platform. Is that exactly what you would tell the, the first person or a person that's just getting into the space? Is just to, you know, go for it, keep your head high. Or what advice would you give them?
2: Yeah, I would honestly, the way that I got into the space originally was, one, I found it fascinating, Right. And I know a lot of people entering the space today may have motives that are more focused on money or getting rich. I would say that if that's your sole goal, you're gonna have a harder time just because a lot of the platforms, ours included, are not quite ready for you yet. So my best advice would be like, Take it slow would be number one. Before you do anything drastic, like before you invest your like life savings into this or before you even move 100% of your Coinbase money from Coinbase to my Ether wallet, take a moment and try it with a little amount first. Right. And maybe that's $10, maybe that's $100, whatever. Try it first. That way, if you screw something up, uh, it's not the end of the world. And the second thing is get curious about something whether that's crypto whether that's what crypto can do for like the larger global ecosystem whether you know third party remittance, whether that's like disrupting the the entire financial industry and taking down wall street i don't care there are so many projects teams ideas things that this space can disrupt one of them has to be attractive to you even if you just want to get rich there's something else out there Mm -hmm. that you're going to find really, really fascinating. And the reason I encourage people to find something that really strikes their curiosity is that it makes just reading everything you can get your hands on a lot easier because it shouldn't be work. Like, it wasn't work when I got in this space. I don't know how you guys got in this space, but I'm pretty sure you weren't like, okay, let me go read for a couple hours about some (laughs) articles about crypto stuff. (laughs) Ugh. Like, this is supposed to be exciting, right. but it's not just exciting because, like, okay, let me go check the charts again. It's exciting because of the potential for the world and the things that we can create, the things we can do, and the things that we can change that make the world a better place for our generation, future generations, you know, everyone. So, yeah, and then read every, literally just read everything. Just like read Twitter, read Reddit read our entire knowledge base. Like just the knowledge, the MyEtherWallet knowledge base is honestly, that thing is long. There is so much information in there. And if you start reading it, there's actually a whole section called Diving Deeper that has a, a, a links you should read next, which are each like standalone sites that go over so much information. And this is what I call the rabbit hole moment, right? This is where you're sitting there and it's 3 a.m. And instead of like checking the charts one more time, you're like clicking a link from a link, from a link, from a link, from a link, <laughs> link loving every second of it.
1: Yep. Hey, um, Taylor, we are about ready to wrap up. I wanted to ask you um, a real quick question. Do you feel the market is going to go up with crypto? Everyone is re- really feeling sad because everything is going down. <laughs> yeah, I mean...
2: So I'm not a huge like price person, but and, and whatever I say next, it'll probably do the opposite. <laughs> but <laughs> in the long term, and this is I only think in the long term in terms of price, right? Like I don't really care about the day to day. In the long term, the price is gonna go up as long as people keep finding it valuable.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so for the people that are sitting there right now, Watching this quote unquote bloodbath that I've been hearing about so much on Twitter and on Reddit, contemplating what the hell they just invested in and why did I do this? And oh my God, that was my life savings. You know, my advice to you is what are you doing to make the price go up? Right. And that's not, so to speak, um. as like, like that's not. Okay, let me go on the Telegram channel and pump the shit out of this coin. Like, don't (laughs) fucking do that. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. What I'm talking about is what do you know about the tokens and the coins that you've invested in? Who have you conversed with online or in real life? Are you going to meetups? Is there a meetup in your area? What are you doing to educate people about the, the security issues? What are you doing to help make a concept easier to understand? Like your podcast is so great. Like You guys just like were like, yo, I'm going to do a podcast and we're going to teach people about crypto. You're doing something that's going to increase the viability of the space. It's going to improve the ecosystem. And in turn, in the long term, the price will go up because of it. Right. And if we all work together and do things like this, whether it's on the education front, like it's not just, okay, let me, I want to build the next Coinbase. No, like literally taking the time to help someone on a forum somewhere or get knowledgeable about security and then share that knowledge. However, you learn best. So whether that's like via audio, like a podcast uh, video, like on YouTube or like infographics or just like a wall of text. Like everyone learns in different ways, go out and create something, give back, and make the place stronger, and that's that's how you know the price is going to go up. Because if everyone's doing that, then we have a then you know the sky's the limit.
1: I Wonderful,
0: love I love that so much. That's that was, amazing. That
1: was beautiful. It was um, beautiful. It makes you misty over here,
0: honestly, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm I'm very happy for this conversation because I have to make up for the last episode I, I published, how to survive a bear attack. So this is going to even it out.
2: <laughs> Wait, were we talking about real bears or like the bear market?
0: Um, actually, it was real bears, but, I, <laughs> <laughs> it, but it, it works for the bear market too. So I, I just thought it was, hey, it works. I'll send you the link.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, please do. I have got to check this out. That's
1: so good. Taylor, oh. you shared some real amazing gems. For anyone else who wants to reach out to you and, and follow up with any other questions, what's the best way they can get in touch?
2: find me anywhere so probably do you guys do links in the thing because that's probably easiest but twitter is really great um there's at my ether wallet and then i have my own personal twitter which is at mutant m-e-w-t-a-n-t because i like puns and clever things but then to make it even more complicated i get it
0: i get it (laughs) (laughs) it took me a while
2: i get it (laughs) um to make things more complex, it's mutant and then an underscore on the end because some asshole already had just mutant so that's the twitter thing to do is you just add an underscore to the end uh and then taylor (laughs) taylor at my ether wallet is also great you can just i mean you can find me once you find one of my profiles you can just like connect on all of them
1: great okay thank you very much on behalf of both matt and i this is matt's baby uh crypto 101 and you really contributed a lot of value to to him to me and to the entire community awesome Um, well
2: thank you so much for having me and honestly like i love what you guys are doing and keep it up and definitely definitely stay in touch okay
0: great we totally will taylor it was a pleasure (laughs) meeting you and pleasure talking to
1: you
2: absolutely thank you so much guys take care
1: Great meeting
4: you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. And I want to say thank you to Taylor for coming on. She was an amazing guest and Danny thank you for being here again.
1: Thanks a lot Matt I really appreciate it this was an awesome interview I had a lot of fun and we were cracking up in the background am I right? It was hilarious we had a lot of fun man. By the way listeners we are going to be interviewing Taylor again in the future as soon as things settle down in her life I'm sure she's having uh, quite a bit of things to deal with the next episode we're going to talk with her on is going to be on security.
0: The music today was by a Crypto 101 listener Sir Els which hails out of Colorado, and you can find them on SoundCloud and on YouTube. Links are in the description. Songs today were Seasons, Echo, Gotta Find Love, and Running. If you are an artist and you want to send music to Crypto 101 to play with our episodes, please send it. And before we go, please check out decryptionary.com, also Apogee Crypto. A-P-O-G-E-E-Crypto.com, the best place to check out real-time prices. And you guys have a good day and happy bull because I can feel the bull coming. We're going to have a little bit of down, I think, during Chinese New Year. But I'm confident. And once the bulls start running, we're running with them on Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron and
1: Daniel Solemn.
0: Boom. See you guys.
4: lost in his echo, 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 Echo.